Now it's time for part two of the Library Hour. It's Homegrown Conversations. Today it is about the Rainforest Festival, and it features Christina Sargent, Sonny Rice, and Karen Dillman discussing the festival. And we'll pull that call up here on the board and hand it over. Good morning, everyone. This is uh, Christina Sargent, um, and I'm here with uh, several other members of the festival committee to talk about the Rainforest Festival today on our um, community conversations. So I'd like to introduce uh, Karen Dillman and Sunny Rice to all of you, and um, they are some of the founding members of the Rainforest Festival Committee. And we'd like to talk today a little bit about what the Rainforest Festival is and why why it was started and what the purpose is. So uh, a little plug, the Rainforest Festival starts this weekend. Today's our first day. Um, our first official event is at noon with a, a brown bag talk about Southeast insects. And there'll be lots of other great features going on throughout the weekend. So you can find that uh, information on our website with the schedule of all the events. And that is akrainforestfest.org. So please go and check out all the great things we're having for the weekend. Um, so let's, uh, let's ask uh, Karen first, if you could tell us a little bit about how the Rainforest Festival came about. What was the driving force for starting it? Sure. Uh, well, it's interesting you asked because, you know, I had it in my mind to kind of bring forth information about the forest to the public more and more because I work for the U.S. Forest Service and um, we try to have, you know, educational opportunities, um, but it's it's hard to do that uh, during the course of the year. And we felt like having partners kind of bring that message as well really makes it a more holistic and more not just a Forest Service ownership. So um, at the same time, I was invited to go to... Um, Girdwood to participate in their fungus fair over a dozen years ago. Um, they have a fungus festival and um, I was doing some lichen presentations because lichens are fungi. And when I came back, I, um, I always talking to Sunny about things. And I said, Sunny, um, I went to this festival. It was really fun. And I think we could do that here. We have so much potential to share the local knowledge of our rainforests and our oceans with the public and um, how can we kind of, you know, get this, get this going, finding some partners, finding interested people. So um, we just started asking, um, of course, the public library is always a great partner for doing community things. Um, we've had PIA as a partner. We've had, um, of course, the Marine Advisory Program with Sunny, and then um, the Memorial Museum, Klausen Museum. We've just done a lot of different partner, partnering with different um, uh, nonprofits over the years to kind of make it a really well-rounded festival um, to kind of tap into the local knowledge. So that was kind of the idea. And also to bring people closer to these, to these things that we see all the time or, or maybe don't see all the time to kind of open their eyes, open our eyes to what's out there. It was 13, 13 years ago. Yeah. I was just thinking was back. I, I, I think from the very beginning too, we didn't want, you know, we wanted some science. We want science as well. And I'm always bringing the ocean piece in there. We, we also wanted it to be not just about like looking at the mm -hmm. things and knowing about the things, but how we interact with them. So that's where we give a lot of the local food stuff or the, the foraged foods and the artwork using, losing wild ingredients and that kind of stuff. So 
we've kept that as a as a important theme throughout the whole thing too. Mm-hmm. And also incorporating um, you know family family activities uh, that are outside. I think that's super healthy for for all of us, and um, sometimes it's hard to do that in this climate. And so we've tried to reach out. No, reach beyond the box, so to speak, of figuring out what would be a fun activity with families. So that's also been a, a big push. Yeah, I know. Um, we sometimes use the tagline, the uh, explore your backyard. And I, I really like that. And I think, you know, we live in a such a beautiful place in the rainforest. It's really our backyard here. And there's so much that we can learn about it and explore it and enjoy it in all, all these different ways. So I, I love the creativity of all the different faucets coming together. Yeah. And you're right. And I think that when people under, when they learn about something, they appreciate it more really. I mean, every time I learn something about something I never really thought of, I, I'm like, wow, you know, I'm just, it just adds to that. Uh, I don't know, just, kind of a, a greater world out there and we're just a part of it. Well, even like I, before I started looking for edible mushrooms, I didn't even notice mushrooms, you know? So what, once you, there's stuff that you didn't even notice were there necessarily, unless they were like right in your face, you know, right. and then you, you learn a little bit about lichens or mushrooms or whatever it is. And then when you walk through the woods, suddenly you're seeing mushrooms everywhere that you wouldn't have noticed before. Yes, I agree. I can, I can attest to that because when I first moved here, I never saw the lichens when I first came. I, I do remember one species. I do remember on the ground something. Like I remember seeing the black peltigera on the ground, but I was looking at the trees. I was working, you know, in timber and I was looking at the trees and I wasn't looking what was hanging off the trees. And, you know, it's just, it just takes that and someone introduced me to them and it was like all of a sudden it opened a whole new world. And so that's what we feel like the festival might, you know, light this light the fire under somebody to do to take that take that interest and go somewhere with it. Um, you never know where launching something will will happen in someone's interest, you know. That's kind of what I like about it too. It's just people all of a sudden get jazzed about stuff and yeah, I've noticed that quite a bit. I've been working with the um, the ephemeral art show and the nature uh, show art show for this year, and just looking around and thinking about, I've been noticing like colors and textures and things more than ever before because I'm thinking about, oh, would that look interesting in this art piece? Would that mm-hmm. color match? And e- even even if you're used to looking at the forest and things around you, uh, just getting a slightly different perspective or looking at it for a slightly different reason kind of all of a sudden different things pop out at you. Yeah. Yeah. Being observant. I think that's key too. is just understanding this place is first recognizing that something exists here. That's unique. Um, this is unique place on the planet. I like how we brought art in early and have continued it all along. Uh, I think Annabelle Baker was involved with us in from the first one right or at the, the beginning. One. Yep. She was the artwork. She was the musket or the, Sorry, the skunk cabbage artwork that she created. Um, yeah, it was neat. That was the very first yeah. one, isn't it? I wish I had yep. all the pictures in front of me. Um, I know. So to say, if you could explain a little bit to the listeners about um, what the Rainforest Festival does with the art and the sort of featured artist every year, how that how that works out. Sure. Well, as, as a as a committee, I'll just say real quick that as a committee, we decide sort of you know who haven't we really reached out to. Um, 
some people's art might not lend themselves to being, uh, you know, the art for the festival. So that's also something we consider. Um, go ahead, Sunny. Oh yeah. Just, we decide it's, it's so fun to pick because we'll all just talk about who our, you know, who's doing really cool stuff right now. Who haven't we asked and then asked and, and they've all been willing. They've been so incredibly generous to make a piece for us specifically for the festival that we then put on the poster every year. Um, so this year, when we've had, we've had a lot of artists. <laughs> we've had, uh, yeah, Annabelle Baker was one of the first ones, and Pia Riley did a beautiful bully for us, and Joe Vignicki did a stream scene, and Karen Cornelius, and Don Cornelius, and... Barry Bracken, <laughs> photography. Um, yeah. I know, I don't want to forget anyone, but... Um, and oh, and uh, Doris Olson. And Andrea. Doris. New Weathers. Yeah. Yep. And, and the slugs. Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This year we asked. Oh, and Grace, Grace. Oh, Grace. She did the fish. Yeah, that was really bright and beautiful, vibrant colors. Yeah, There's been so many great art pieces that have come out. I love, um, Sunny has them all in her office. And I love when I visit it to just look Mm -hmm. at all the different posters and see all the artwork over the years. Well, and this year, I know you probably have plugged this, but, you know, Lisa Shramick Adams, her art, even though it's not for the poster, her art is going to be featured um, so we're really lucky to have had her um, create, help us create this brochure that is a piece of art, really. Yeah. And then Cindy yeah. has made our festival yes. work for this year. And we, it, we really wanted T-shirts. It's been a long time since we had a T-shirt. So we asked her to design something that brought all the thoughts of the festivals together and was something that would look great on a T-shirt. So we're excited to have those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can look for those T-shirts. We're selling them. Uh, I know Sunny is uh, organizing getting them. Um, and at the uh, musical houses we'll have some available that that's sort of our only actually in-person kind of event this year <laughs> but you can also get a hold of sunny and and get t-shirts if you're interested in buying them yep all right so we want to take a quick break Kari, here with the uh, library yeah. If you're just joining us, this is Homegrown Conversations, a collaboration between KFSK and Petersburg Public Library. Today we are discussing the Rainforest Festival with committee committee members, Christina Sargent, Karen Dillman, and Sunny Rice. Um, Now back to our conversation. All right, so let's go down memory lane just a little bit. If you, you Tell us what your favorite event from all the past ones, I know it's going to be really hard to pick, but what what is the event that you just nearest and dearest to your heart? Hmm. I was thinking about it. <clears throat> Mine is, oh, well, it's a tie. <laughs> the, we brought, I mean, two things that we did bring big bringing in was the Raptor Center brought live birds over which was so cool. And then we had the portable planetarium from the University of Alaska, where it was like, it's like a big tent in the dark. It was set up in the Holy Cross house and you could go inside and see the planets. I think those were my, were my two. What were yours? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Christine. Yeah. What was yours? Oh, well, I, I love the trips up the Sishkeen River. That just is really, it's just really fun for me. It always seems like there's a great group that ends up getting together and going up there and exploring, doing some harvesting, doing some art, just, you know, photography, different different trips. Um, it, it's a combination of, you know, you can always go up to Sishkeen and enjoy it yourself, but getting a group together that's enthusiastic about seeing the wildlife and the nature or, you know, foraging or doing the same kind of interest. And um, something about that is just really fun for me, that, that interactive 
enjoying it together. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll say to the field trips for me, um, we climbed Crystal Mountain once and um, hiked uh, down to Ideal Cove and also went to Baird Glacier and also hiked up the Cascade Creek Trail. And that was, those, those events were special, um, having people along that were really interested in what's out there. Um, it just was really neat to share that enthusiasm. And um, I mean, that's what it's all about, being out there uh, and seeing things and understanding what they are and, and even not understanding what they are, just looking at things that we don't know what they are. And um, so I liked, I liked those aspects, but gosh, there just is a lot, like Sunny said, the bringing the birds here and incorporating that into the school system. And that's another aspect of the festival that I really like is um, if we can tap into the schools, this year's really hard. We haven't been able to do that because of COVID, but generally we um, try to schedule things that the different classes can partake in, either have the guest speaker come to the high school or the grade school or, or the middle school to um, give a, a kind of a private conversation with, with the students because that way, if they can't go to the talk later, if the same person's giving an evening talk or so we, we try to incorporate that into the school. So I like that part of it is having, um, knowing that the festival can actually touch many lives. And the same for that is the artists that we've had come who, who've actually turned into artists in residence uh, at the school. We had Andy Trams do that. That was really neat. She, she went in and did every class, did they all um, painted trees with sticks and ink and, um, uh, so just neat stuff that each kid got to do. Um, you know, what is it? Nan, what's her name? Nan McNutt. Nan McNutt. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hopefully next year we'll have her and she'll be able to be in the school too. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's just, uh, there is never ending ideas. And that's what I like about the festival that people just can kind of people in the community actually have given us many ideas. So there are listeners who know us personally, or even if you don't, you can email us. But, you know, if you have ideas that you want to see, that you're curious about, or if you have a friend who's an expert in this or that, that lives nearby, or wants to teach an art class that is related to the theme, if, or even not. Um, and that's that's really what we like, too, is just having the interaction with the public giving us ideas, but there are no lack of ideas, right? I mean, we could always have repeats. We could always have fungus every year and people will still like it. So <laughs> well, that reminds me of the geology field trip where, you know, geology has been a secondary passion of mine for a long time. And mm-hmm. last year we got to bring it to fruition with Jim Bachtel. Oh, yeah. Go out and explore the, ge- oh my gosh, that was so fun. And that's like, that that's the fun of being on the festival committee where it's like, well, right this year, I'm interested in this. Let's see if we can yeah. teach us about it. <laughs> we had Nancy when we had Nancy Turner. I mean, we had international guests. Nancy Turner is an ethnobotanist from Canada. She was here for our first trip, our first festival. I mean, that was big. She's a, a well-known ethnobotanist, and Dolores um, Churchill basket making. That's right. Yeah, that was the other Tommy big Joseph, guest. Tommy Thompson with the that, Tommy Joseph. Tommy, Tommy Joseph. Joseph. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was and I really, really enjoyed really. having Ray Troll here last year and doing the art workshops with him. And yeah, yeah there's been some fantastic uh, 
presenters, artists, uh, all of the above. You know, and it's also really fun too. I think to tap into some of the local knowledge. Um, I know the festival usually does uh, what they call brown bag talks um, at noon every day of the festival, and those are often they're a little small, shorter, um, and smaller, possibly less formal than our big keynote presentation. Mm-hmm. And very frequently that we tap into local knowledge for those. So um, mm-hmm. that's yeah, yeah. And there's there's never ending of that. Patrick Miller knew all about ice worms. We had no idea. He gave it to us one year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and another aspect, I know I'm segueing at something else, but it really started getting more popular over the last few years is the, uh, is the dinner, the wild foods dinner. I mean, Christina and her and Chris and all the other cooks that have contributed to that wild foods dinner. That's, that's pretty amazing what we've, what we've pulled off, what you guys have pulled off over the last few years to, and having Corinne come down from Juno and just, there's so many people that love that. And um, that's another creative part of the festival that can continue. I mean, there's just so much to offer in the cuisine world of our native natural foods here in our, um, yeah. Yeah. That was, you know, again, it's fun to tie in the different passions of different, different committee members. You know, I, I love uh, cooking and good food and growing good food and foraging mm-hmm. for good food. And so that, <laughs> that all ties together. And it's fun to kind of uh, pull that together, that passion into the festival too, and have everyone else enjoy it as well. Mm-hmm. But it is, you know, I, I was thinking about, we work, you know, through the whole year. I don't know if the community knows that, but we meet every month starting probably November, we'll give October a break. And then we start kind of thinking about 2021 or 2020, whatever, um, you know, almost 11 months ahead. And then we kind of take a little hiatus and just sort of bounce ideas back and forth. Right. And we kind of think, what could be the theme? Do we want to have a dinner? We we need to start foraging in May. You know, it's just, there's just so many things that go into the planning that when the actual weekend comes, it's it's just all a flurry, just a big, a big. It's amazing what, uh, you know, six or eight or 10 or depending on the size of the people involved in any particular year can can come together and pull off. I'm always really impressed how how well everything comes together every year. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing yeah. group. It's an amazing group of doers, people that get things done so that that's what makes it happen. <laughs> yeah, but there are there is room for more. So yeah. if anybody wants to <laughs> come on board. Yeah, and as we mentioned a little bit earlier too, it's great to have those partnerships in the community where people um, reach out and support the festival in various ways. I know there's, you know, some standing partners that we do every year, like for example, the Rainforest Festival run is, all, is sponsored, you know, and, and that's another great thing to pull into the festival, but it's nice to have those partners who can take on the load of a lot of the work in organizing. Um, You know, this year, um, Petersburg Mental Health is partnering with our, we're doing a wild foods cooking class online on Zoom, and it's going to be a wild foods and wellness, and they're bringing in some of the nutritional information about some of the wild berries and spruce tips and different foraged foods here. And so they're helping out with, you know, putting together the cooking kits and getting those distributed and putting information together for the healthy wellness portion of that class. And um, let's see, what other partners are we are doing well, this year? The Arts Council. 
that that was just I was so really I was so happy when they decided to partner with us on the porch concerts because we at least we usually see each other all the time all weekend you know and and we didn't have anything like that because we weren't you know there's there's a few of us and I think we weren't able to just tackle something that big that mm-hmm. actually brings people physically together so I'm so grateful to the Arts Council for partnering with us on that one so there will be a chance we'll we'll wave to each other as we pass on Lumber Street with our masks on <laughs> It makes me happy to have something physically together with people. Right, right. Yeah, that's been an interesting planning for uh, this festival this year of changing things because of the COVID situation and just not knowing, like, like uh, you know, Karen was saying, we started planning this back in December last year and then all of a sudden March happened and we all just went, whoa, what's going to happen to our festival this year? <laughs> and it, it's been an interesting process of uh, figuring that out and trying to come together. So um, do you guys have any uh, thoughts on uh, things that, that have changed this year that you like and don't like because of the current situation? Well, I must say, since we've put our meetings, you know, we meet on Zoom as a festival committee and it's actually a lot easier for me to meet on zoom that it is to drive all the way to town and drive all the way back. You know, it's like, I, I, it seems almost easier to meet on zoom, at least to plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as, you know, I, I am a little bit sad about having to have the zoom science talks and just any kind of talks on zoom for the public, because we're all kind of zoomed out, you know, we're all computered out. A lot of people are, and you know, we just want to get outside. It's going to be a beautiful weekend, but um, there will be, you know, they're short and, and some of them are, you know, one's at the middle of the day, which is lunchtime and one's in the evening at seven. So it's already getting dark. Um, and so, but those kind of things are, are not as desirable as of course an in-person talk. So, but they're still going to be informative and kind of like you're there because it will be live. And so that's one thing I just think about, like, you know, everything being electronic now because of COVID, I kind of bummed out about that. But we always have, I mean, for the science series too, I always have people asking, will it be recorded? Can I attend, you know, by distance? And so people who can't, just like you said, not wanting to drive in, mm-hmm. you off, but you have a good connection. You're not going to have to boat back and forth Friday night to see the thing. Or right. all the things that we are doing on Zoom, if people are more limited mobility-wise, we're making it mm-hmm. more available to them. And hopefully we'll be able to, Next year, when we're all back together and doing great yeah. person, we'll, we could keep some of that stuff that we've, you know, we can we can have it in person and available to people that can't get around as easily. Right. I think yeah. that's the upside to it. I think so. That's taught us that, like, kind of just break into that mode more mm-hmm. um, because not everybody can just stop what they're doing at this time. Like we are, you know, we've been planning to stop at this time, like for months now that we know today at noon, we are, I am doing something. It's like, I've known this for months. And so- some people only recently heard about our schedule, so kind of hard to yeah. weave it in. I think it'll be nice for people like going forward if we can continue, like you said, doing recording and broadcasting some of them live because, yeah, there are people who can't make it schedule conflicts or you know, they don't have childcare or whatever reasons. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I'm excited that we got to do a reading. We get so busy every weekend. Um, <laughs> with filling our things up with schedules. And so we done we did some coffee houses a, a few years back and then the schedule was just starting to get too full. So this year the schedule was a little less full and I asked Oren if he thought he could make it happen virtually. And so now we're having a reading, which I'm, I'm 
Yeah. I'm happy to be able to bring that back a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Their pieces, you know, our our local writers, uh, we have some amazing talent in this community. Yeah, we do. Yeah, get to hear what they have to say. It'll be really neat. Yeah, and then thinking of um, also too the you know the Claussen Memorial Museum is a partner, and this year there still are you know we usually have our art show there, but they're going to broadcast the ephemeral art show online, right? Like, or on their website. Yeah, Cindy's putting together a slideshow of all the pictures that so that if people can't come out and see the art in place, they can still watch the slideshow and see all the images from the art. Okay. And I like that. That's a great idea. I mean, that's something that we were saying, like, maybe we can continue that in the future of having a little bit more things online that people can access to see after the fact, you know, if they missed it. I think the ephemeral art has opened up the art show, the art idea to people who wouldn't, you know, either they don't make paintings that hang on a wall or things that hang on a wall, or like me, it's way less not being any kind of a visual artist. It's, it's way less intimidating to do something like that. That's going to be outside and not hanging in this, you know, I don't know. It feels more official in the museum. Mm -hmm. I think think that show might've opened up more and, and maybe more people will see the art, you know, before you had to go to the museum. Now, anybody walking, one of our local trails might bump into a piece of art that, you know. Yeah, it didn't even know that, you know, that a festival was going on. So some people, you know, won't know that. Like when we were putting it up this morning, a gentleman came by, what are you doing? Oh, we're just putting up a weaving. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, and I think, um, you know, that's fun. Like the the flexibility and, you know, some ways the COVID situation has uh, hampered some of what we did, but it also has caused some creative thinking. And I really like the idea of doing the outdoor art show in nature. Mm -hmm. It seems to really tie so well into the theme of the festival of getting out and enjoying the rainforest and looking at it in different ways and enjoying the art and of it. And um, so maybe this is something that uh, we'll, we'll continue to do occasionally going forward and mm-hmm. kind of a fun thing that came out of it. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of the fairy houses. You know how we used to do that with the kids building things with outdoor things. Right? I mean, that was gathering things and making little fairy houses and troll houses. And that, that would be something too, you know, to have that be out there on the landscape rather than in the library. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, um, what are you guys' vision for where you'd like to see the Rainforest Festival go in the, you know, in the next few years, five years, 10 years, or, you know, 50 years down the road, <laughs> your vision is still happening and how? And <laughs> oh, well, Sunny? We're still doing it after, thir- I mean, thir- after 13 years. I can't believe we're still, we're still doing it. Like I said, that's a testament to the group of you know, the core group of people that have continued to do, but it's, if it's going to be around for 50 years, we're going to need new blood. <laughs> sure. Yeah. We need new young blood. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, you know, I, there's just like topics. I'm, I'm glad we're having a talk um, by an entomologist, but I've wanted to have entomology as a topic for a long time. So hopefully we can have, um, you know, someone come and lead another field. We, we have done it a little bit before, but I'd like to go into more detail. Maybe spiders um, have someone yeah. come and teach us, about spiders. My big fantasy was geology and we got that one, but I could do that every other year. Oh, we could do that every year and not be bored. Rachel <laughs> <laughs> invited us to go to the caves over on North Prince of Wales. Would that mm. be, we could have a 
field trip to the to the caves as part of the festival. That would be so much fun. <laughs> yeah, the glacier. We 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 need to give the Bear Glacier more love. Yes. Yes, that was just the tip of the iceberg, so to speak, of exploring that place. Um, I think, yeah, uh, you know, there's a lot more, uh, you know, species-centric or just, you know, life-form-centric things that we really haven't dived into, like birds. Like, this is the time of year where birds are kind of leaving, and, and so the diversity isn't as much. That's the problem with the timing. And so, but I really, there's certain aspects of wildlife be nice to focus in on more um but it's hard to find the wildlife people because they're all out hunting they don't want to you know participate because they're (laughs) busy hunting right now a prime weekend yeah yeah it's it's fun too like just how ideas pop up um, for the festival even just uh um, as karen said earlier a couple of us were working on hanging some of the community art pieces this morning and we were just chatting about sandhill cranes and a couple of questions mm-hmm. came up about sandhill crane behavior. And we went, wouldn't that be a good talk to have <laughs> someone come in? And, um, you know, lots of people love seeing the cranes and I bet that'd be something people would be interested in. So it's yeah. just, you know, just random little conversations that spark ideas. <laughs> yeah. I think whales too, you know, I, I'm always trying to pull our focus a little mm-hmm. bit to include the oceans and we've got amazing whale, there are amazing real whale researchers out there and, amazing things living in our oceans that it would be great to have a, uh, a world-renowned expert maybe come and do, do a talk on whales at some point. Yeah, we had, um, I, I don't feel like we've forgotten whales, that's for sure. That's and true. The, and the, um, the gal that was the pinniped, what do you call it? The Oh, yes, Kate Wynn, the pinnipeds. Pinnipeds, yeah. <laughs> um, and, but more about fish, you know, there's just so much out there about the ocean creatures that just go on and on and on, you know. If you ever have, we right. seem to not have a good tide every, because uh, for many years we would look in the tide book every time because we wanted to do tide or something. And one of these years we're going to have a really nice low tide and we can totally take advantage of the amazing, you know. Right. That is the okay. reason. So on right. that note, I think we're probably running out of time. We could keep okay. talking on and on about all the things we would love to see. <laughs> and we want to invite the community, as we said earlier, if you have ideas as well, you know, get reach out, uh, you know, let us know. We're always looking for inspiration, things to do going forward. Yep. Well, thank you. Thank you, Christine. Thanks, you guys. Sunny and Karen. Um, I'm looking forward to all the events this weekend and if you want to look up the schedule you can find it at akrainforestfest.org and there is a schedule there we also have them available here at the library and um yeah so thanks for joining us today there's lots of fun stuff planned for this weekend so check it out Um, thanks thank you for having us and Thank you to KFSK and the Friends of Petersburg Libraries for making today's show possible.